and welcome to another Meta Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine, featuring interesting, inspiring, educational, and entertaining stories, discussions, and interviews of purpose, with purpose, on purpose. Hello, everybody. This is J.W. Nigerian, and I'm with Alana Leah today. How are you doing, Alana? Wonderful, J.W. I'm so happy to talk with you today. Well, I'm so happy to have you, you know, on the on the show. You know, we've been friends for gosh, I can't even remember how many years. Probably going on five now, please. Is it really? <laughs> My God, oh, yeah. it seems like yeah. yesterday. Um, <laughs> well, I met you. I think I met you in uh, Humanity Unites Brilliance Hub. Yeah. Um, when we worked together there, and it was such, you know, there's there's a few people that I just really remember and always loved hanging with, and you were one of those. Super people um, that I just, you know, I just loved being around your energy and and your presence, and um, I'm glad we've kept up, even not as much as I would have liked, but I'm glad we've kept up because you're out there, you're one of those people that's defining and helping make uh, the change in the world that we're going to be talking about today. Yes. So thanks for that, and thanks for coming on. My pleasure, GW. What shall we talk about? Well, let's talk about you first, so everybody kind of knows who Alana is before we, you know, go into, you know, what you're doing and, and, what, and you know, let's kind of, let's just uh, find out where's, where's Alana from? Uh, I was born in Brazil. I was born in Rio de Janeiro. If you've seen that beautiful statue of Christ with his arm extended on top of a mountain mm-hmm. and you look down at his feet, the neighborhood that set his feet is called Botafogo, and that's where I was born. And I've just been going back in the last few years and really discovering my home because I, I moved to the States when I was a baby. My parents were both immigrants to Brazil, so I didn't have a Brazilian upbringing. Uh-huh. And now that I've been going back and discovering the earth, the land, the people, the love, uh, the trees, the nature, I'm just so fallen in love and really embraced my Brazilian American identity. <laughs> wow, that's a I'm I've never been there, but from the pictures, that's it's an awesome view and a really cool place. Um, it'd be probably one of the I like places to say we keep the. I like to say we keep the joy body of the planet alive because you go there and there's just in the face of poverty, in the face of corruption, in the face of everything that you would think is is the dark side of life, there is this incredible radiant beauty and joy and love that permeates everything. And it's so tangible and so palpable that people who've gone there just fall in love and just think, oh, my God, I love this place so much. And I think it's refreshing that we need to see that, that rather than hiding the shadow, sometimes when it's right in our face and integrated with everyday life, we can have a a more vibrant life. And that's what I learn about by going back and forth to Brazil. That's great. And, you know, um, you're such a, you know, the light always comes out of you. That's what I was talking about, your energy being around you, because I know uh, that you're out there working all the time to try to raise funds and, and, and put together programs and, and symposiums for, for to, to uh, create and uh, make shifts and, and create these uh, changes. Um, and I know that you're, I know you speak all over the place. I think, weren't you the, aren't you Women's Speaker Association uh, founder, founding member? I'm one of the founding members, yes. 
And I'm always seeking more platforms to speak from because there seem to be a lot of things to say these days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know you're always out there, like I said, trying to get funds for things. I know you work with uh, Pachamama Alliance. um, Yes. Uh, and a bunch I'm of those I'm a facilitator stuff. at the Awakening the Dreamer Symposiums. That's volunteer work that is just very dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. So I want and, to encourage uh, people to what's we forest? take advantage of that. Well, We Forest is a nonprofit organization that I did some volunteer work for last year. I'm no longer working with them. I was their U.S. ambassador for a number of months to give me a global perspective of the value of reforestation. So I began doing my own reforestation work in Brazil a few years ago with rural people in the rainforest where I was born that's 93% gone. Mm -hmm. And during the course of my blogging about and raising funds for my work, reforest asked if I would become their U.S. ambassador because they were trying to create a footprint and a presence here. And I did that for a period of time because I also felt that it would be great to get the larger worldview and a bigger picture of how important reforestation is on the planet at this point in time. And I really did get that picture. But then I needed to pull back from what they were doing to refocus on our efforts in Brazil. So, um, I, you know, I think very well of the organization and they I had the opportunity to kind of poke around, not during my time doing things for them, but just in my own world. I kept trying to find nonprofits that I could partner with, thinking that I would give them my project. I had just gotten it started, but I would give it to some other nonprofit. And I found so many disheartening things that were just so heartbreaking, you know, just heartbreaking that I've really stayed the course with running Rainforest Eco as a social enterprise. And then I started blogging recently for the Huffington Post um, to just share some of the information that I discovered that I thought people needed to know so that they can know that things are not always what they appear to be. Just because an organization is a nonprofit doesn't give them an automatic stamp of approval that this is do your homework. <laughs> I guess right. that's what they and, and you call yourself a change agent, um, and and I agree with that. I think every place I've been where there where people are getting together to to work on on positive things, uh, you you seem to be there. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And and I know that you work on reforestation and the efforts in, in Brazil, but I know you've supported so many others in their causes yeah. and. Um, you know, I just thank you for that because, you know, we need more people in the world like, like you. Um, you're also called a social artist, a social entrepreneur, and a storytelling earth activist. And I know you, you have a few um, uh, talks that you, get, that you give when you're out and about. Um, but let's talk, about, uh, let's, let's talk about reforestation and the work that you're doing and, 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 uh, and how Pachamama ties into that. Okay. Well, Pachamama is a Quechua word that comes from language of people of the Amazon in Peru and Ecuador, and it means Mother Earth, Mother Universe, Mother of all that there is. And so it's really all-encompassing in time and space. And I had this 
deep respect for one of the founders of the Pachamama Alliance, Lynn Twist, mm -hmm. that began in the early 90s. And um, she gave me my very first lesson in fundraising when I had a nonprofit for peace in the early 90s. And we were introduced by Jean Houston. So, you know, that's sort of the golden memory that started at the relationship. And then Lynn went on and did her things. There was no Pachamama Alliance in those days. And I went on and did my things. And then when Humanity Unites Brilliance was formed uh, in the beginning when you and I met about five years ago, Right. She came to mind, and the Pachamama Alliance came to mind. So I went to San Francisco and talked to them about our ideals with Hub and learned what Pachamama Alliance was, and that she had co-created this beautiful partnership with the indigenous people of the Amazon and the people of the North to bring, to awaken our dream and to help us to see how interrelated and connected we are with them, that if, if their Amazon, if our rainforests are destroyed, it, it changes all of life on all of Earth for a very long time. And the way they were delivering this work and inspiring us to change our dream was through something called a symposium, an Awakening the Dreamer Symposium. So... I became involved in the process of bringing those symposiums into our organization of HUB and becoming trained as a facilitator and sharing them with other people. And in the process of doing that, it really became clear to me that I needed to go back to the place where I was born, to my Pachamama, to my earthly beginnings, and, and learn more and see if there was anything I could do to assist. And honestly, GW, at the time I went back to Brazil, I didn't even know anything. I mean, I was an illustrator. I am a botanical illustrator. My art is in the Smithsonian. I'm very good at telling stories about plants. Mm -hmm. But when I arrived back in Brazil, I thought I would be getting on a plane to go up to the Amazon to learn about plants in the rainforest until I was told that I was born in Rio I was born in a 93% deforested rainforest that is the most diverse in biosystem on Earth. And why didn't I stay there and help them instead, which I did. So that began a journey that I'm now entering my fourth year of the challenges of reforestation in an area that has been, let's just say that Monsanto and Dow Chemical through the auspices of some very big-name nonprofits that we know, have mm -hmm. set up camp. <laughs> it makes it very challenging for rural, simple people who are organically trying to make things work and put their forest back and grow their food. Is uh, it, so is, are these uh, companies, um, do you think they're just, are, do you feel that they're just taking advantage or is there a sustainable way to um, where everybody wins? I am not seeing that. What I'm seeing and what I'm blogging about on Huffington Post, I'm, I'm doing my best. I have to say, I'm, it's really a challenge for me to not get passionately upset about this. You know, it's, I'm, I'm definitely in a place of blessed unrest about this. Mm -hmm. I have no trust for Monsanto. There is nothing in me that can find loving compassion and trust for Monsanto and what they're doing on Earth right now. Mm -hmm. I am looking for it. I am trying to find that place. 
uh, that spark of divinity within Monsanto to bring it around. But let me just say that when they set up operations in the most diverse remaining areas of rainforest on the planet, I don't have a sense of trust of anything good that's going to come of it. Among the things that I've discovered of late, Dow and Monsanto were the manufacturers of Agent Orange, which was used in Vietnam, which has created horrific suffering to people in the aftermath and created tremendous deformities. Agent Orange is now being used in the Amazon for deforestation under the radar. So, again, this is all part of the blogging that I'm doing to just trying to keep my opinion out of it as much as possible right. and just present these are the facts. This yeah, is what I'm observing. Facts. This is what's happening. And a lot of the deforestation that's happening in the Amazon is happening, in Brazil at least, is happening for the sake of big agriculture and cattle. And the big agriculture that is pushing away the rainforest is GMO corn and GMO soy. So the picture that I'm getting is that there is tremendous benefit, and Dow Chemical is involved in GMO production as well. So there is benefit to these guys all the way around through the deforestation and the, what they can sell there. And now that they've embedded themselves with these big nonprofits that are known in the United States, uh, they're making money on the reforestation end, and they've tied up contracts like Dow Chemical with the Nature Conservancy has tied up contracts with the state of Sao Paulo's water district that is supplying all the seeds or seedlings for reforestation along the waterway, and they're excited about being involved in this big water project. The mm. local people are really not happy about this. So it's just, it's really an interesting challenge to it's my key for now. What, what are they get? Are they growing the soy? I mean, are they involved in cattle and soy, or what are they, why are they? Why is? Where are they aiding in reforestation, or are not aiding in reforestation? I'm sorry. Um, why are they? Well, uh, well, they're they're involved in big agriculture. So okay. both of them are involved in creating strains of genetically modified seed that is being used on a large scale for agriculture in Brazil. So, for example, Brazil is one of the biggest producers of cotton, of GMO cotton, and I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure it's Dow that has developed that seed. And if, if one were to follow the stories of what happens with these GMO crops and the kinds of suits that have happened as a result, because some of these crops are being created in a manner where they are resistant to certain pests, but they encourage other things to grow lavishly and adapt and mutate, where the natural balance becomes destroyed and the seeds then propagate themselves and blow onto other fields and then farmers get sued. All around the world, people are standing up to and fighting against them as a corporate monster. In, in India, there were thousands of farmers who drank poison and killed themselves as an outcry against what Monsanto was doing because of some of the, just the things that were happening to them that were financially devastating with the suits coming against them, with the poisoning that was happening to their families and to their children. 
and right now I'm just trying to help Brazilians who don't have a lot of access to information and the Internet and who don't know these things to know this is what's going on. Be really careful, and it's okay to say no, you know, and and they don't know that right now. They don't know that they can say no. We've heard that the, when, once the rainforest goes, that it's very hard to reforest. Is that not? Is that true? Not true? Does it take a long time? Are there? Well, it's it's a, it's a bit of both, and I can't speak with any authority about the Amazon because the rainforest where I am is about three thousand miles south, which is cooler in the southern right. hemisphere from the Amazon. And so there are some things that I have learned about the Amazon. It's a whole different ballgame, let's just put it that way. Because it's close to the equator, the most important thing we can do with the Amazon is conserve what there is. So in Brazil alone, 60% of the Amazon is there. We need to preserve it. We need to stop it from being destroyed, whether it's with agent orange or bulldozers or burning, whatever it is, stop it. And up there... There are organizations, um, and I've named a couple. I recently did a book called Trees of Transformation, naming the organizations who I love and trust. And Amazon Watch and Pachamama Alliance are two of the guardians of the Amazon who I encourage people the most to support their mm-hmm. efforts in working to preserve the remaining Amazon. Now, their reforestation is less known, less talked about, not even being done as much because of all of the push of the agriculture that's there. So I'm not engaged in that campaign. I'm engaged, again, in my rainforest, which is called the Atlantic Rainforest. It's the one that runs from the Atlantic coast uh, for quite a long stretch and then inland. And it includes the cities of Rio and Sao Paulo, but all the countryside and the mountain ranges and then going back. And just in the last 50 years, that has been taken out primarily for, uh, well, at one time it was done for coffee. And I'm not even familiar with the other crops that came in, but cattle, mainly for cattle, big cattle country. Well, they, so, you know, um, Brazil has uh, been in the spotlight a lot lately in the um, economically, yeah, and because they they have oil there, and um, I know there's really a lot of venture capitalists it. that have gone down there for for business oh, yeah. and finance. So, um, is any of that helping uh, the countries uh, work at keeping their uh, environment uh, more together and saving it uh, as they become more financially? Um, or economically diverse and, uh, and 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 do better. No, I'm not. I'm not seeing it in that way. I would love to, and I hope to see it that way, but that's not what I'm seeing right now. Um, the economy is rising there, mm-hmm. and a lot of the reason is because of all of this interest that's coming in from all over the world for the natural resources, and most of the people who are coming in there for the natural resources are coming take the natural resources. They want the oil. Uh, they want the trees. They want the beef. They want the soy. They want the corn. They want the things that can be produced there that are not benefiting the environment. And in the past, 
we had a very good forest code there that came in under the administration of President Lula, mm -hmm. and the, the hard side was that it wasn't being well enforced. It was a good forestry code that needed better enforcement. And so as I was learning about that, I thought, okay, well, at least we have a good forestry code and trying to learn about it, and, and that forestry code mandated reforestation. And just to go back to a prior question when you asked about how, how long does it take, in that area, a phenomenal amount of forest can come back in 10 years if it's done properly. And right. so one of the keys to doing it properly is creating these corridors between the existing patches because it's sort of like tufts. You picture big open grassy fields with lots of cows on them and all these tufts of forest. And as long as you create corridors, primarily along the waterways, but as, as thick and wide as you can, of a natural diversity of trees, and you fence out the cattle so that they don't get trampled and eaten, while, and you maintain them. The key, there's a huge key that these young trees must be maintained for the first couple of years of their lives. But if they are protected that way, planted in time with the rainy seasons, the wildlife then comes in and the birds and the, all the animals come in and they bring in what was missing, what hasn't been planted by man. So I have witnessed some really amazing, beautiful, heartening stories of reforestation there, and that's what we're working with, to try and find the balance so that people can maintain their livelihoods and do their cattle ranching, but bring in some additional income by helping them to sell other crops that they can grow along with the forest, um, and just to bring it in back into a better state of balance. Right, and that's what I wanted so, to hear about, and that is, you know, do you guys have a good win-win plan that yeah. you know, I know that there's corporations that may not be following that, but if there is a good win-win plan, then obviously there's something to work towards, correct? Absolutely. And what I'm working toward is this win-win plan to empower the small local NGOs, the small local growers, uh, the, the communities where people had the right idea and they're doing the right things. They're just kind of struggling doing it by themselves. And since they don't have all the communication tools, I mean, they have cell phones, but they don't have a lot of reach with those cell phones. You can, you can, you can have a cell phone, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to talk to anybody because right. you're, you don't have the, you know, the reach of the towers. So, and, and, pretty sketchy internet access. So just with that, I found that coming in as an outsider over the course of a few years and making connections with the way I network, I was able to connect people who were like within a 50 mile radius of each other who didn't know about each other and wow. were able to serve one another and cooperate to do things that were beneficial for this whole range of people and everyone in between. So that's what I'm interested in, is just improving that kind of networking and communication. And just through the small efforts that we've done, more people started to come toward me and us and say, will you do that with us? So I saw this tremendous potential that exists there for this really beautiful, heartful, organic, beneficial process to thrive and that when it thrives there for those people, it's creating benefit for us up here in North America, too, because it is putting 
back some of the lungs of the planet that we have helped to destroy through our consumption habits. So while we need to preserve the Amazon that's remaining, we need to reforest all the different rainforests of the, or all the different forests of the world. But I also learned in my time with WeForest, tropical rainforests are of the most value in terms of sinking carbon and their whole contribution to weather cycles. So while planting all trees everywhere is a very good thing, it's, it does the most benefit for the planet to plant trees in tropical regions where they can grow fast, large, thick, wide, to full maturity and sink, you know, up to a ton of carbon per tree. So without trying to get anybody off the hook in terms of their carbon emissions, just to try and shift the balance back toward a sustainable planet, we really need to be planting millions and millions of trees in in the tropics. And so, well, I would imagine because of the carbon credit thing becoming a bigger and bigger deal, um, that uh, that there are places to work in the corporate in the corporate um, community to have these things. Um, to have them help you. So I'm guessing... There are. There are challenges there, too. So, you know, that's part of the reason the Dow's and the Monsanto's are partnered with the Nature Conservancy and Conservation International. You know, these guys are all really interested in this whole carbon credit market. And so, you know, I'm of, I'm of two minds about it. I'm learning more about it all the time. The challenge is to, to sell certified carbon credits they have to, anybody who's involved in that has to be working with really large tracts of land where owners are, you know, signing their rights and oftentimes assigning those rights to some of these organizations for the carbon credits. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of wheeling and dealing that's going on there too. And it, it costs a small fortune just to get certified for your carbon credit work. So I've looked at that on behalf of some of my growers. It really rules out the small guys. So, you know, the kind of things we're doing with small people reforesting small tracts of land and connecting them up, it doesn't qualify to get the certification. You know, we would have to do some uh, – I mean, it, it's a big deal. And I've yeah, even gone to so some of the We don't companies. know oh, about yeah. the roadblocks that, that, you know, everybody – you know, we hear all the time where, hey, this is happening and that's happening. But we don't. We're not in the trenches, and we don't understand the roadblocks that governments and, yeah. uh, and, and policymakers put up to make it tough for the uh, for anybody but the, the you know the more well-off corporations. And yeah, yeah, that's that's what's happening there. Because I was really up against that on behalf of my growers and small NGO. I went to one of the big, wonderful companies in Brazil, who I have a lot of respect for to see if we could get them to support the growers in that way and say, you know, do some of your carbon offsetting over here. These are your people. This is your state. And they said, well, only if you get certified. And then we looked into what it would take to get certified, and I brought it back to them, and I said, do you want to help sponsor this area getting certified? And they're saying, no, you guys got to figure it out yourself to get certified. And if you do, then come back to us and we'll consider it. And so it's just like, wow. So it's just like never-ending fundraising. Mm -hmm. And so there are actually a venture capital, a venture philanthropist from Liechtenstein in Europe who's actually interested in possibly helping our group. And when I get back to Brazil the next time, I hope to be working with our people and that 
venture philanthropists to see if we can get the funding that might be needed to go down that road. But it, I'm still not convinced, we're not convinced that that's the right road. It, it's, it's just playing a whole other ball game that may or may not be more beneficial. So that's what we're trying to weigh out. The main thing right. we know is we need to be planting trees now. We've got growers with like 250,000 trees sitting in nurseries that they're having a hard time selling because of all of these contracts and deals that got made through, you know, the big guys I've been talking about. And so that's where I know that if people who are just regular people or people who are Internet marketers and trying to do some, you know, JVs with um, Internet marketing people who are kind of tack trees onto the deal and buy mm -hmm. trees through our organization, so that 250,000 trees is really not that many trees. And we can be planting 250 acres this year with the capacity to plant more than that next year and more than that the following year. So I'm, I'm much more motivated to follow that road and just explain to people some of the differences between the way those guys are operating and the way we're operating. And mm -hmm. if you like the way we're operating, it's a small thing, you know, buy a $5 tree from us. Buy a tree subscription. Buy as many trees as you want and know that this is the network. And I'm okay. setting so what, up. What is that called, Alana? What is that called if you buy a tree subscription? What, um, what, what, is, what organization are you working through for that? Well, that's, this is what I've set up. This is, uh, my company is Rainforest Eco, and I've set up a program called I Give Trees. So if you go to igivetrees.com, you'll see it all explained there, and hopefully very clearly, uh, where I've tried to in brief tell the story of the network of growers, and you can go to the About page and learn a bit more about that, so that you see the overview of who we are on the ground there. Mm -hmm. and how we are going about this process and that I keep up through my blogging activities mostly on changes telling the story of the growers and and the trees in the process there and where I'm now blogging on Huffington Post I'm telling some of the bigger story challenges of what we're up against but on the I Give Trees site, people can go in and make a one-time, now this is crowdfunding donation. We're crowdfunding a social enterprise. This just means anybody can give a little bit of money with knowing that it's not tax deductible, but knowing that it's helping to plant trees in this way, in this place. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a one-time donation of any amount or you can do a monthly subscription, whether it's 5 10 20 $50 a month and know that you're helping to create sustainability for this whole global network of people. And they also created it as affiliate marketing so that organizations like the Pachamama Alliance, who I respect so much, they are one of my affiliates. So if somebody were to sign up through their affiliate link, it would pay a small commission to them which supports their conservation work. And I love that the most, you know, that we're supporting conservation at the same time as reforestation. So by well, I'm glad some you kept the, that up because that's something we worked yeah. at, worked at um, heavily with uh, Humanity Unites Brilliance, and that yeah. is uh, the old form. Kind of, you and I, I think, were on the same page. Uh, we kind of believe the old form of the nonprofit, where you go beg for a dollar, give 98 cents out in the field, and then go beg for another dollar, is yeah. not, it's hardly sustainable. 
So exactly. that if everybody's in abundance and uh, in, the, in the affiliate process that you're talking about, where um, uh, somebody makes something to give something, that that's yeah. much more sustainable and, and, and helps everybody and helps the program grow and become viral that much more. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and exactly. I'm so in agreement with you and on that principle still, even more so after, you know, the journeys of the last few years. Right. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, it, and, well, it's been tough ever since, you know, the economic crash for a lot of uh, nonprofits to, to make it through, and I know things are changed, turning around in the economy, but believe me, not fast enough. And uh, yeah. so... So if people give to your, um, if they go to your site, what, is it, what was the site again, the .com? I give trees. I give okay, trees. I give trees .com. And when they give from, if they, you know, for every dollar they give you, where does that money go? That money is going through me to the Association of Growers to buy trees, where when I get a load of trees, we can transport a truckload of 2,000 trees at a time to our distribution center, which is the nonprofit that is working with the farmers. So first of all, I buy, a, I try to make it full truckloads, although we'll be partial truckloads as well, of trees, get them transported to the NGO down the road that is the distribution center. From there, they have sort of a holding area, and then I also send funds to them to defray their own costs because they're doing educational work with the subsistence farm families who are learning the value of reforestation. And right. they oversee the maintenance in the field to make sure that these trees are being taken care of, and then they send back really beautiful reports and they're helping. They're not paying people in the field to replant the trees because these are people saying, we need the trees, we want the trees. Just show us how to put this back together because they're the ones who are losing their water sources and they're, um, they're having terrible landslides. And some of them have also been fined by the government and have to replace a certain amount of trees. So the nonprofit, which is doing all of the work with the people in the field, they're ones who I want to be doing more and more with. And that's where this next trip I'm working toward getting back there in the next couple of months to really look at what could we possibly do if we have the funds to really expand what you're doing. How far could we go with this? How how much farther can we reach? And to really support their educational efforts and long-term maintenance efforts with these subsistence farm families. Yeah, well, um, do me a favor, you know, because I know you're down there all the time, um, and uh, I've talked to you several times, and you're either going there or coming back. <laughs> so, um, tell me, tell me, uh, tell me some uh, one or two of the stories about uh, how people have, um, about the people down there, and how they've been helped, and and, and some of the stuff you've seen. Well. Okay, when I went back the last time, I went back with enough money to buy a thousand trees and I had heard that there was a grower who had started a nursery by himself or with, with a friend and that he had some trees that I could buy. And so I was just thrilled that I was going to meet somebody 
who had put together this nursery because on my prior trip, it was all about raising funds to try and start a nursery since I had a horticultural background and I understood that people in this area wanted to do this, get engaged in growing trees for reforestation. I thought I'd be helping. But then by the time I'd raised just, you know, a little bit of money and went back, I found this grower and I connected with him and then it turned out, you know, I saw his nursery was just, you know, it's the nursery of my heart because it's so homemade, you know, just labor of love from these guys who work their hearts out doing other work so that they could create from from the dirt up this this nursery in the simplest possible way to grow this beautiful diversity of trees and they were doing it all organically and they were right next door to a drug rehabilitation center so they would work with guys they would go next door to the drug rehabilitation center and bring guys over to work in the nursery with them watering plants and potting things up and just to be with them in that here these guys don't have they weren't part of Humanity Unites Brilliance. They didn't know anything about the word social enterprise. Nobody had ever told them that. No one had ever taught them to do something like that. They instinctively knew that that would be a good thing to do. And the way it affected the lives of these guys from this rehabilitation center, for them, it was a sense of peace to be in the nature. I mean, it, truly, when we're in the nature, there are blue butterflies like flying by to the real thing. Right. And so, you know, you're just in this beautiful idyllic setting, and they're and they're being with nature, and they're learning about the plants. Because one of the guys who started the nursery, Helio, you know, he would just talk your head off about where the plants had come from and what they would look like and what the seeds look like. So here they were learning this whole new thing that was becoming for them like this new inspiration in life. And these guys figured it all out for themselves. So for me, it was just like the most beautiful thing ever to see the way spirit infused simple people with the knowledge to do a good thing for the earth and each other. And then to see the financial struggles that they were going through, and they couldn't figure out why it was being so hard to sell their trees. Because everybody got the same message that I got in 2009. The government of the state of Sao Paulo wants to buy billions of tree seedlings. So people thought, okay, let's figure out how to do this. We should be able to grow our native tree seedlings and we should be able to sell them. And these guys, these same guys, Marcio, the guy who started this nursery with his friend, took me back to go meet the people that they got their seeds from. So I was taken way in the back country to meet the seed harvesting family. And that was one of the most stunning memories of my life. And going into this place where there was this old man in tatty clothes, bare feet, and he was one of the guys who had cut the forest down as a young man. And now he was making his livelihood by living with his family, collecting the diverse seeds of the patch of rainforest that was left where they lived to sell to what had now become a rural association of growers who were growing all of these trees organically. So 
that was, you know, so I know there's seed harvesting people, and I know these guys from this particular nursery that I always buy from right now. And then further, it turned out that there was another association of other nurseries who all got the same idea at the same time, and they didn't know about each other. But once they found each other, they heard through the grapevine, oh, there's another nursery over here. Oh, really? Okay. Instead of competing with one another, they formed an association to help each other. So they're the Asociación Nativas, and they are just, you know, yeah, there are spats, and it's lively, and they're passionate, and they get in disagreements, and then they hate each other, and then they love each other, and it's like life. But these guys are just amazing to me. It's like they are demonstrating on a small scale how to live a good life by cooperation, by working through the conflicts, by supporting, you know, just lifting each other up. And so when I arrived, they felt like it was an angel. You know, they literally thought I was an angel who had dropped out of the sky, who shared their dream, and I was going to help them market their trees because they didn't have business plans and marketing plans. They knew that their state wanted to buy billions of trees, and they didn't know why they weren't buying them. I ended up coming back to the states last time, last year trying to figure out, because I tried to make a partnership for them with the Nature Conservancy, who has mm-hmm. this big website about plant a billion trees. And, and so I met with the representatives of the Nature Conservancy while there and said, well, come check my guys out, buy their trees, do what I'm doing. And then things just got really squirrely. And when I came back, I started doing research, and I learned that Nature Conservancy had partnered with Dow. Now they were having meetings with people in water districts, and they were trying to tie up contracts for the carbon credits for large areas, and all the nursery um, nurseries were being stocked through this alliance that had happened with Dow, and contracts were tied up, and that's why the organic growers were not able to sell their trees to their own state. And so I spent the last year and a half pretty much being an investigative reporter, I'm going, okay, if that's what's coming down, we just have to empower the beauty of their way. And that's when it was just last December when I created it as the affiliate marketing system going, all right, you guys just keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to help find a way that we can sell and move those trees to empower what you're doing because people need to know your story and they're going to want to support your story. So they said, great, go for it. (laughs) That's what I love about Yolani. You know, first of all, it's like uh, one of the tenants that we always, we, we, we never necessarily talked about, but we both believed in together and that was the end of adversarial business. And that's where everybody comes into affiliation and alliance and, um, and, and JV partnership in order to uh, work and, and everybody, you know, and you don't, Competition is is you know is okay, but uh, but we're all here to to help one another, um, and as opposed to that whole idea of somebody has you know somebody has to get sick for somebody to get better, and somebody in order for you to win, somebody has to lose. Right, right. And so I really appreciate I really appreciate you speaking about that here and how they've come together. And the other thing is uh, the Alana that I know is the is. You know that you just talked about is that person who says, "Okay, so we can't do it this way, but we're going to do it this way." 
Yeah. Let's find a way. Okay. They're not going to buy them. Then we're going to we're going to find another way to sell them. And, I, and yeah. I think that's so special. And we thank you for everything that you do out there. It's great. Thank you. Oh, so thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, let me just say one more thing is that I'm really, really um, hoping, praying, and raising funds right now to get back to Brazil on this next trip because just the way I've been going, I go on buddy passes uh, where, you know, people who are associated with airlines give me a very low-cost ticket, and I show up at the airport, and if there's a seat on the plane, I'm on. And it's been very adventuresome, let me tell you, <laughs> on these buddy passes. But right. I have another one lined up, and next month is the Rio Plus 20 Earth Summit. So it's the 20-year anniversary of the Earth Summit where that beautiful young woman, David Suzuki's daughter, Severn Suzuki, stood and spoke before the entire gathering about her concerns of the future of the planet and would we adults please get our act together. So here people are coming from all over the globe to do their talking about climate change and what needs to happen and what has and what hasn't happened. And I'm not as enamored by what's going to happen behind the closed doors as I am feeling the necessity to be one of the voices that is present there, speaking on behalf of my guys out in the countryside who were never in a million years going to go to Rio, even though it's a lot closer for them than it is for me, they are right. simply not going to show up there and speak for themselves and what they've encountered because they need to stay home and take care of the trees. I want to speak for them, and I also want to speak to some of these organizations, like the Nature Conservancy and Conservation International are going to have their big presence there. And I'd like to just go there and say, so tell me about what it is that you guys are doing with Dow Chemical and Monsanto and and how is this thing with Monsanto a good thing and you know I just I want to get some of it on camera I want to put it on my blog I want to write about it on Huffington Post I want to be your representative the speaking of all of this there and I want to go back and be with my guys in the countryside and tell them face to face about the things because they don't read my blog <laughs> it's in English, it's a blog, you know, forget it they don't know but if I can go back and just talk with them about alright, so these are the things I've discovered and this is what we put together and this is how far we are now and like I'm approaching our 5,000 tree mark I'm about 600 trees away and so I'm hoping to buy that next truckload of trees and just work with the infrastructure there to say, all right, I think we're geared up. I think we're going to pull this off, guys. Let's see how ready we are to do this 250 acres as the next rains come in. That's so great. if anybody would like to support that effort, on that right. I Give Trees website, there's a real plus 20 tab that takes you through to my Indiegogo site where I'm fundraising for that as a whole separate endeavor. So, yeah, okay. I'm a fundraiser, JW. <laughs> yeah, no, you always were a fundraiser. You, that's what you do. That's what yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's not the part, I don't think it's the part of the job you, you like, but it's something no. that you realize that you have to do, and so you do it, and that's a good thing. Yeah, it's so, required. Um, yeah. com. Yep. That's trees with an S. Dot yes. com and they can donate there. And how do people get a hold of, uh, hold of you to speak or to talk to you about how they can be, uh, get involved or um, how they can speak to you further and find out how they can join the alliance program or the affiliate program? 
there there are links for all of that on the website. Um, at the if you look at the bottom of the page on the website, you'll find a contact phone number and email address. And for the speaking, if you click on on that one website, you're going to find everything. So you click on speakers, and it's going to take you through to the speakers association that helps to book my gigs, or you can just, you know, contact me through the, the phone and email information that's listed on the website. Um, or you can also use my Gmail, which is rainforesteco, R-A-I-N-F-O-R-E-S-T-E-C-O, at gmail.com. And so I, I prefer... at gmail.com? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. And I prefer that sort of contact because since I'm in and out of places with cell and internet reception, that's kind of generally the best way to get a hold of me. But there on the website, you're going to see the information about getting a hold of me as a speaker. You're going to see the new book. I, I did a book uh, recently that's a little well, let's e-book talk about, that you, you mentioned. You touched on the book. Let's talk about yeah. the book. Oh, is this okay. available on Amazon and all that, or is this something you're self-publishing? Yeah, What's going on? No, um, I actually have a literary agent, Bill Gladstone, William Gladstone, wonderful oh, Bill. guy. Wonderful William, yeah. there you go. Great guy. Yeah, I've known him for almost 20 years. And when I got back in touch with him recently and told him what I was doing, he said, let's get a book out right now. <laughs> so what we did was we did a very quick little release of a, a little tiny mini book in a wonderful new format that was released in time for Earth Day while we work on the larger book that will be released, you know, probably next year, but I'm still gathering more content for that. So yeah, you can get the book over at um, igivetrees.com, or what's, what's the name of the book? Yeah. The, the name of the book is Trees of Transformation, and when you're on the, you can go to treesoftransformation.com, but it's also going to lead you back to the I Give Trees site, and you'll see the tab there that says Trees of Transformation book. When you're on that page, it'll give you the link to go, you can buy it either from the Apple's iTunes store, and the very best experience of the book you will have on an iPad that's kind of the, we made it with this new technology called Wook, and there's actually video embedded in the book and music embedded in the book. Nice. And so that's what's really fun. But you can also get it from Amazon for a Kindle, and it'll be on a Barnes & Noble Nook platform soon. And then we're going to keep doing small releases of these eBooks that you will find through that link, and then we're going to put them together into a larger volume, and we'll do a paper book, but it's going to require a lot of color because I've got a lot of beautiful photography from our areas and our growers, and I just won't settle for a black and white book full of words. It's got to have a lot of pictures. <laughs> no, so, you gotta, yeah. just, just think, I know you're thinking of me when you did that because I, I like big pictures and small words. Absolutely. <laughs> I was totally thinking of you, JW. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Alana, um, you know, first of all, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Um, You know, we've been friends for a long time. Um, uh, I love what you do. I love you. And I thank you so much for uh, getting out there and getting your your hands dirty and and working for all of us to, to, to... not to just help save, you know, where you were born, but to help save the world. And uh, it's people like you that are going to cause the shift to happen that much faster. Um, So I really appreciate it. 
Thank you, JW. Thank you. And I appreciate you, too, because we're all doing it together. You know, I can be doing what I'm doing, and if nobody knows about it, it doesn't get done. But by you helping to get the word out there about what I'm doing, what my team there is doing, as we're all doing it together, you know, we each have our part to play. And we cannot play any of our parts as a solo act anymore. It's all of us together. So thank you for playing your part by giving a voice to all the people who are doing their parts. We really need you with your super networking skills and your wonderful heart and your twinkling eyes. And thank you. For <laughs> thank you. Um, so I'm going to give you the the parting word, as it were. Uh, if you could just. Um, Anything we haven't talked about, or parting thought, or just a, a piece of uh, just a piece of wisdom um, to, to 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 end this out, I'd, I'd love to give that to you. Okay, thank you. Well, I guess my my parting thought for everyone is: wake up. <laughs> Don't let yourself fall back asleep. We are all needed. We all have gifts to give. You were born with a gift. There is something that you love to do, and you have got to give that gift to life. Life will give you gifts, but right now life is asking you to give your gift. And as you give your gift and you team up with others who are giving their gifts, we can turn this ship around so that our children will be so grateful, so happy, our grandchildren will be talking about what their grandparents did and how they turned around what looked like a really bad situation. And the only way that beautiful story is going to happen by us waking up and staying awake and shaking each other awake and giving our gifts right now. Wonderful. You've been listening to Alana Leia, the incredible and wonderful, wonderfully warm change agent and good friend. Thank you, Alana. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, JW. Lots of love. And thank love you, everyone, you for listening. Okay. Bye-bye. So everybody, have a great day and a better tomorrow. Thank you for listening to our Made of Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine. You can find On Purpose Magazine at onpurposemagazine.com. On Purpose Magazine and JW On Purpose is the property and is the trademark of Meta Media Group, and this audio is copyright 2012, and all rights are reserved.